stand with us as we open and worship and we sing about the indescribable God. Sing along with us if you know the song. From the highest of heights to the depths of the
Well, we're, we're glad that you've gathered with us this morning here at Sunset Hills. Um, we're grateful for what God is going to do even in our gathering today in worship. Um, if you're just sort of seeking what Christianity looks like, we're very excited that you're here. If you're new with us, um, we're very glad that you're here. We would hope to get to know you a little bit better. You could text hi, and uh, we'll respond back probably with a hi, and then just wanting to be able to connect with you in any way possible to help you and to just kind of connect us into this church together so we can serve you. And, um, and then, of course, at the end of the service, I'll be out in the lobby. My name's Eric. I'm one of the pastors. I'm sorry for not introducing myself. And I'll be out in the lobby, and uh, you can just come and say hi to me. And uh, one of the things that I really want to introduce to you is, especially if you're new with us, just in the several months that maybe you've been attending Sunset Hills, next Sunday, right after church, we're going to have a Discover Sunset, and uh, it's going to be here with a lunch. Please come, sign up, and uh, you'll, you'll just not be disappointed. We'll give you a little Sunset swag bag, and uh, you'll have a, a bunch of cool stuff uh, for that. So we're grateful that uh, you came, and I, I hope that as Christians, if you've entered in, that you've entered in this place as a presence with expectation, expectation that you're going to hear from the Lord in his word, that you're going to be able to lift the roof off of this building in praise and praise and adoration uh, because he so richly deserves every bit of it. And so we stand here together, together as a community of faith that uh, unashamedly wants to let the community of this area and this world know that Jesus is the king and the senior shepherd and, and the overseer of this church and, and his church all over. So we, we love being here together. So as we just continue to worship, just continue to write your hearts and your attitude to that. Let me just open us up in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you bring us here. Lord, we, we got ourselves together. We, we put some clothes on, brushed some teeth, you know, got some food in our bellies and all those good things that we do but really, you draw us into a place like this. When you gather your people, you show up and then you, you show off, really, the excellencies of your character. So I would just pray in every element of our public gathering this morning that it would be all centered and revolving around the, just the magnification of lifting up uh, Christ and that we would just continue to make much of Jesus in this area and far beyond. And I just pray in advance already that you would just be filling up uh, Pastor Steve with the power of the Holy Spirit to preach your word as uh, we will just continue now in singing to you and just praising you with all that we have. In Christ's name, amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washing His blood. For this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture, and I'll burst on my sight. Angels descending, great from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. For this is my song. 
drift away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart and i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry with one more time this morning. Just lift your voices to Him. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all Father God, we are so humbled this morning to, God, have the privilege to approach your throne in prayer. God, I'm thankful that 
You don't require an intermediary to come between me and you. But God, I can approach you in a personal way because I have a relationship with you. Lord, I just confess this morning that, God, we make a mess of this thing that we call worship sometimes. We complicate it. God, you simply want us to react in a genuine way to the goodness and the love that you've shown us. God, we're so thankful for your son, Jesus, and the way that he stood in the gap because God, because of our sin, because of the choices that we made, God, that no other way could we have a relationship with you. But God, this morning we're so thankful for that salvation that you offered us so freely. God, we know it came with a great price and Lord, let us never take that for granted. God, my prayer is here if there's a young person or God, a middle-aged or older person, that God were to be called away from this world today that Lord they would know that they know that you've made a way through your son Jesus and they've said yes to that offer that invitation Lord if there's one here that's never said yes Lord use these words that Pastor Steve will deliver today along with your Holy Spirit, God, to pierce their hearts. Convict them, God, and let them be obedient to you. God, we love you so much today. It's in your precious son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, Sunset Hills. It's good to see you. It's good to be back home this week. I want you to know I had a very enjoyable time with my son Brett as we traveled up and to the northeast last uh, weekend. We visited some places around Boston and went on up into Maine where I got to tour. Well, actually, I didn't get to tour. I got to visit the showroom of the Lee Nielsen Tool Works, one of my all time now new favorite places to go to because that's where they make hand planes and they make some incredible stuff there. I knew I was in the uh, Northeast when the first night I was up there, I ordered uh, sweet tea, and the guy came back and said, uh, we don't put sweetener in the tea. He said, but we got little packets. I said, okay. And I really meant iced tea, but he brought me hot tea. It's like, <laughs> you should have had a tea party before, you know, with a hot tea mess, you know. Next time I'll know, I want sweet iced tea, Amen. If you're from the South, that's the way you like iced tea. Yeah, I do appreciate Dr. Michael Kelly, who filled in the pulpit for me last week. Dr. Kelly's doing a great job as the executive director of the Nashville Baptist Association, which I have the pleasure and privilege of serving on the board of directors there and working with him. And I hope you enjoyed uh, his uh, sermon last week and uh, that you welcomed him as sunset only can do. It's good to see you this morning. We're starting a new series this week called Three Words, Three Words. It's a series where we're going to talk and we're going to take a look at some very powerful words that are located 
in the New Testament, in a series of at least three sermons, I might add, a fourth. These are this trilogy of words that uh, may be found in different ways. The one I'm going to talk about more this morning is found in the dialogue that Jesus had with uh, a lot of people, with his disciples and others. Uh, other trilogy of words might be found in very familiar verses that we all know. And then there are some standalone words that uh, actually are very powerful. Each of these, these sets of sermons that are talking about these words contain very powerful words. In fact, I believe that some of these are some of the most powerful words that we have in the English language. Uh, I, I'm excited about this. I think you're going to uh, learn some things from it. I'm going to uh, enjoy preaching some of these, these, all these sermons, and, and hopefully we can walk away with God really blessing our lives by what we talk about, some of which you may already know, probably know most of it. I don't pretend to tell you anything that you don't know unless you, maybe you're a new believer. We're glad you're here this morning. But these words that we're going to talk about this morning, as I said, are powerful words that really have much to do with our prayer life. This is part of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. That's where we find these words that Jesus is using. He's, he's predominantly talking to Jewish people, and he's teaching them about God. Jesus is going to say some things during the Sermon on the Mount, and I encourage you sometime to read through it and listen to some of those things. But uh, he's, he, he says a lot, not so much to us, but at the time, they're, they're powerful, they're revolutionary, but at the time he was speaking these words, the, these folks that he, were that he was talking to, it was very unusual for them to hear someone speaking to them the way that he did. And they were amazed at what he said. He made uh, the sermon relative to their lives, and it was relative to them then, but it's also relative to us today. We can apply these principles to our lives even today of the words that Jesus spoke a couple of thousand years ago. In this sermon, He's teaching us that we can have a relationship with God. In other words, we can go to God. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through an intercessory. We can go to God. He is approachable. He's listening. And He wants us to talk to Him. God wants us to interact with Him. Jesus is teaching us that in our time of need, we can go to God. Now, I'm going to pause for just a minute because I'm going to invite someone up here who had a need in his family's life, and he and his wife, his family, and some within our church were praying for God to work in his wife's life. I'm going to invite Kent Ford to come up, and he's going to share with you just a word of testimony. Give me just a little bit more on up here, please. Come up here, brother. There's the rest of my sermon. You got the pulpit today. Okay. So uh, about three weeks ago, we had a little medical scare with Suzanne, and we went and had tests done. I went with her the first test, and it didn't look good, and so we had to go back and do a second test, and 
no change, so we had to do a third test. So I'm freaking out because 10 years ago, I used to say I lost my mother, but I know where she's at today. She's with the Lord, but she went on with the Lord, and I said, I can't do this again. And rough week, three weeks. And, and so I had to go out to California for a leadership meeting. Suzanne was going with me, and she told me, she goes, I, I can't go. I can't go not knowing what's going on. I understand. So I was supposed to leave on Monday. I left Tuesday. I was in the air. Um, I said, call me, text me, email me. I had Wi-Fi. But we had prayed and we had prayed. I had texted everybody I know of in my industry, my friends that are Christ believers. I told Brother Steve, I need, I need prayer, I need prayer, I need prayer, I need prayer. And God answered that prayer. She is clean, no issues, and we can move on. Let me, let me just... Let me say one thing. God's not dead. We're in trouble in this country. It's because we're pushing him behind, pushing him out. Don't give up. I know we all in here have went through trials and tribulations, and, but we have to pray, and we have to, we have to believe that he's going to heal or, or answer your prayers. We're supposed to know in two days it took five days to get the, the answers back. So I wanted to go blow up the hospital and do everything else, but I couldn't. But I just had to, get, to lean on God, and God told me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of your family. And the reason I'm standing here is because 35,000 feet in the air, the Lord told me, I'm going to heal her, but you're going to get up and testify. So when I got, when I text Brother Steve and told him that everything was good, I said, Brother Steve, he called me. I said, I have to get up and tell the church. So I'm not up here to brag. I'm up here to thank God. Thank you. Now nobody else is going to text me to me when something good happens because you're going to... I got to get up there before people. I, that'll be, I want to tell you, if God does something good for you, you better testify for it. Amen? Amen. Wow, that's pretty weak. Amen. I might just be done for the day. No, don't say amen to that. <laughs> it's good. It's good to know that we need God. When we need God, we can go to Him. And that's what this scripture says. The three words I want to talk about this morning are these. You can ask, you can seek, and you can knock. Ask, seek, knock. You know what they do? They seem to be suggesting an ever-increasing intensity in our communication with God. And we have the confidence of knowing that when we ask and when we seek 
And when we knock, God is listening. If you want to follow along your Bibles, we're going to look in two different Gospels, Matthew chapter 7, and we'll go to Luke for a few verses. Verses 7 through 11, here's what Jesus was teaching in that Sermon on the Mount, among other things. Ask. You could probably almost say this with me. You may have it memorized. And it will be given to you. And you will seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. I want to break these words, these powerful words down a bit. There are three words that are really easy to remember because if you line them up as they are here, you will see ask, seek, and knock, and it comes out as ask. Ask, seek, knock. So the first powerful word is ask. I might suggest that when you ask, you ask in two different postures or positions. When you ask, ask first of all humbly. Asking humbly places us in a position of acknowledging that we need help. There you go, Bobby Hamilton. And we were talking about that in our life group this morning. We need help. Don't we? It's a place where you admit that I have a need and it's beyond my ability to meet that need or to achieve it. Asking may place you, it has this, this uh, uh, opportunity to place us in a vulnerable state or and a state of humility. There is nothing wrong with asking let me put a few more words to that. And there is nothing wrong with asking God when we need help. I know in today's culture it may seem as though it's a weakness to admit that we need help. But quite honestly, the problems that we encounter are much too great, much too difficult to try to achieve them on our own. It's not a sign of weakness to ask God for help. Well, that brings up kind of a question to me. So why don't we ask? Could it be that we want to pretend that we already know the answer? Maybe we don't ask because, quite honestly, we're too lazy. The answer might mean that um, we have to work to achieve the answer. In fact, there's a good chance that the formula that Jesus lays out for us is going to require some work and diligence on our part to do what he tells us to do when we ask, when we seek, and when we... I forgot the last word. Knock. There you go. I can't even remember it. It's pitiful. Maybe it's because we're afraid... Of that we're going to get an answer that we don't like. 
we may not ask because we really don't want to know the answer because God may say to you or to me hey I've got you I want you're asking for this but in order for you to achieve it you're going to have to change some of the ways that you're living your life or it might mean that we have to change in how we react to other people in other words we may have to change our relationship that we have with someone there may be many reasons as to why we don't ask and that might be the reason we don't get what we ask for James 4 2 kind of addresses this it says you desire but you do not have so you kill you covet but you cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight Here's one that I think really pertains to us more, maybe. Hopefully, we're not killing, we're not quarreling and fighting, although we do. You do not have because, what is this? You do not ask. If we refuse to humble ourselves and ask God, you know what that's a sign of? Pride. Now, I encourage you to ask in a proper spirit. When you're asking, ask humbly and in a proper spirit. When I was in fifth grade, my parents got a call from my teacher, Mrs. Boatman. And she brought, the teacher brought my parents in for a conference. Back in that, those days, if you went in for a teacher conference, it was a teacher-parent conference for sure. Students weren't invited because it was the expectation if it was brought up to the parents by the teacher, the parents would take care of the situation. That's the way it worked. And that's how it happened in my situation. Ms. Boatman brought my mom and dad in sometime. I don't even know when it happened, but she said to, to my parents that Steve asked too many questions. When they sat down and talked with me about it, I said, I don't understand that. Because I've always heard there are no stupid questions. So why can't I ask questions? The problem was that I was asking questions not out of a, a sense of wanting to find the answers that I didn't know the answers. I was asking her questions so that I could dominate conversation. I would ask questions to the very things she had just explained. I was too busy thinking of the questions to be listening. It interfered with my being able to hear. What I was really doing was showing off. I was trying to show the rest of the class how smart I was, that I could interpret what the teacher said earlier. And she was making sure my parents knew that it was really bothering her. And they, she wanted it to stop. I think we have that in today's time as believers. A spirit where you haven't learned to listen. In other words, you just want to do all the talking, in essence, 
asking God for something, something and telling Him how He's going to answer you. And this, too, is a pride issue. So I encourage you to ask God in the right spirit as a sign of humility. Now, I want to caution you also to not wait until situations come up that become so desperate that that's when you need to ask. You should be doing work before then. In other words, do the right things before you get to a point of desperation. You will have far fewer moments of desperation if you're doing the right things leading up before you have a problem. Is that right? Are you with me? Is that not right? Okay. I learned a little bit of being just a little bit obnoxious when I was in the Northeast, so just kind of bear with me, okay? <laughs> Often, I'm sorry, I just insulted all the people from the Northeast. If you're watching from the Northeast, I apologize. Come to the South and you'll really learn what it's like to be nice. I just did it again, didn't I? Often we have ignored situations where we should have been asking for wisdom early on to make right choices long before we got ourselves into a desperate situation. And when we make bad choices, that keeps us digging the hole deeper until we become desperate. If we had been asking along, along, uh, long before when the situation was more manageable, maybe our asking wouldn't have sounded so desperate. However, regardless of where you are, it's never too late to ask God for help. Never. So ask God humbly, and then ask God this way expectantly ask for what you need while well, believing that God can give you what you need Ephesians 3:20 says this one of my favorite verses now to who to now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Man, that's, that's so rich. That has so much in it. He's able to do all we ask. How? Immeasurably more. Exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think god is inexhaustible in his ability god is has the ability and far outseeds our expectations we cannot ask god for something that is beyond his ability we can't even think of something that is beyond his ability so let me ask you something what is too big for god to do and you're asking, 
What can you think of that God can't do? Now, before you start formalizing your answer, you need to consider exactly who God is. Did He not create this world we live in? Yes. Did He not sling the stars in space? Yes. Did He not form life and give humans the ability to survive in embryonic fluids for nine months, and the moment a human ex exits her, his or her mother's womb, you begin, He begins to breathe immediately? Is that not God doing that? So what is too big for God to do? Yesterday, I went for a walk in my neighborhood. So I was walking down the street. I noticed three young men playing a game of basketball in the driveway a few doors down from me. I would guess they were probably about high school, young high school age, or maybe older middle school or so. And I was thinking as I was walking by, man, I wish I had that kind of energy still, you know, just to be able to move as quickly as they were. But I noticed something that didn't seem kind of right to me with the goal. It was one of those basketball goals that, you know, has the adjustable backboard height to it, you know. It looked as though the goal was only about seven feet off the driveway for these guys who were taller than me. I mean, even a short fellow like me could have dunked with a little jumping, maybe a lot of jumping, and dunked that basketball in a seven-foot goal. I mean, look, if it was Eric, all Eric have to do is walk over there and drop it in, right? As I walked by, I thought about how ridiculous and non-challenging it was for those guys to have a go at such a low height. And I almost turned around and around and went back to tell them that they needed to raise the go to challenge them more. And then I thought better. There were three of them and only one of me. <laughs> Sometimes I think that we get in a habit of asking God for something far below His ability to achieve for us, like that basketball goal being much too low for these guys' ability. He is able to do immeasurably more than we're able to even ask or think about. He is exhaustible, inexhaustible in His abilities. So when we ask, we also ask this way. We ask God boldly and bravely. Hebrews 14 or Hebrews 4:16 says this, and I've got it in different versions because I, I think it kind of different ones capture the essence of what I'm trying to get us to see. In the King James it goes like this, let us therefore come how boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Contemporary English says it this way. So whenever we are in need, so whenever we are in need, I want to say that again. So whenever you are in need, 
we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. There we will be treated with undeserved grace and, was to say, we will find help. And then here's the way the message puts it. I'm adding a few verses to this before. Now that we know what we have, if you're a believer, you have this. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, that's who we have, the great high priest, that's who he is, with ready access to whom? To God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. Just let that... Hear these words. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take mercy, accept the help. Now, is that not just incredible words? telling us of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. It's amazing. So ask humbly, so ask, ask humbly, expectantly, boldly, and bravely. Here's what he says, ask, and it will be given to you. Did I read that right? I surely did. Ask, and it will be given to you. Did you notice a word in there that sort of covers a whole lot of territory? It's called it. It, right there. What is it? Yeah. It is whatever you ask for. It covers great things that are in our need. And it is what God gives us the privilege to ask for. So what is your it? Not that. Sink in a minute. What is your it? As you're considering maybe what your it is, I want you to know this. Whenever we ask, we need to understand there are some conditions. It comes with conditions. We must line up our it's with the will of the Father. That's what Jesus meant when he was teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, your kingdom come, your will come be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. John 5, 1 John 5, 14 has it this way. It's amazing the scriptures that, that are found regarding all of this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Remember, walking right boldly up to Jesus, we have this confidence that if we ask according to His will, He hears us. He's not going to give you something that is contrary to His will 
for your life. He's going to give you, and he always does this. He's going to give you what is best for you. So ask. That's the first powerful word. The second one is this, seek. Seeking goes beyond asking. Seeking is an action step that has commitment and surrender attached to it. Seeking is being open and being willing to take one step after another. To seek is likened to go on a search or, or a hunt, an act of diligent searching for something that I don't have, and I will keep searching until I find it. It's looking for something with a bulldog tenacity that says you're going to keep on and keep on and you're going to keep on until you find that it that you've been asking for. Seeking means coming before God and saying, what do you want me to do so that I can be part of the answer to this plan? That's that action step. What's my part, God? So you might say, well, give me an example of what seeking looks like. Well, I've got a few. All you have to do is look at some stories that Jesus told to rightly define what seeking looks like. Remember the woman who lost a coin? She searched and she searched and she searched until she found it. Or the man who had, nine, or had 100 sheep and one got away? What does he do? He leaves the 99 and goes after the one. 99 verses 1, the good shepherd goes after the one who strays. Seeking is ultimately wrapped up in what Jesus said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount. He, this is an extension where he is of what he talks about earlier. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these it's, well, it says things, but it fits better with my sermon of it's, right? All these it's will be given to you as well. Seeking is placing God and His righteousness as the first priority in your life. It replaces your personal motives. Listen to James 4.3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. To seek is to surrender your desires and pleasures and choose God and His righteousness. And saying, basically, I'm willing to lay down my preferences, God. I'm willing to lay down my own will here. I'm willing to obey you and what you tell me to do. Only then do the it's come. So what is the measure of seeking? How far do we go? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when, here's the measure, you seek me with all your heart. That's the measure. When you've been asking, are you seeking that diligently to the point that you're seeking with all of your heart? You'll find me, it says. 
when you seek me that way it may look something like this God I'm praying for relationships with others to improve have we not all prayed that prayer some point in time but this is what we tend to do I'm not willing to take responsibility for what I've done to hurt the relationship well it's got a problem there or it might be like this God I'm praying that my financial situation will improve but I'm not willing to be faithful in my giving hmm God, I really want my children to do the right things in life, but I'm not going to set the example for them in living biblically in my own life. In other words, God, I want them to have first, I want you to have first priority in their lives, but I'm going to put you after some other things. God, I'm praying for my loved one to get saved but use someone else to go and witness to them. I'm not willing to talk to them about Jesus. I might hurt their feelings. I, I, oh, wow. It's about surrender of your will to that of the Father. So how do you measure up with seeking with all your heart? Let me ask you this way. What are you willing to surrender surrender in order for God to give to you? Let me ask that again, because I'm not sure you're still with me. Are you still with me? We awake? Look over and see if somebody's awake. Somebody's sleeping, kind of slap them. No, don't do that. Just kind of nudge them and say, he's not done. Stay with me. We're almost there. What are you willing to give up in order for God to give? You actually would know how serious you are about your seeking by the, time, by the amount of time you place in seeking after Him through your worship, through your prayer life, through surrendering your desires and pleasures and please Him instead. The final powerful word we're going to look at this morning is knock. Knock is praying with endurance. Knock is physical. It's a physical act. It's a sign of persistence. It's a sign of perseverance. Knock is an unwillingness to not give up asking and seeking. Uh, how do you knock when you go to the door? Well, I'll get you remember the context of this story, okay? Uh, we don't knock on doors much anymore, but just kind of pretend with me for a second. Uh, Jesus is talking about get, going to someone's door and knocking before there were doorbells and ring and nest and all of those things. Uh, this is before you could call or text and say, hey, is it okay for me to come over? I mean, we, we have to do that today, right? Because we don't want to walk in on anybody. And con this context is before all of that. Let me ask you a quick question. Um... Have you ever had a police officer come and knock on your door? Well, I hope not, you know, I hope not. It's probably not going to be a good thing if if uh, officer shows up. I, I asked Officer Hayes of the Knowlesville Police Department uh, who's working here on, as security today. And, and let me just say, I'm grateful to the Knowlesville Police Department who's going to be providing security us, for us on Sunday mornings, okay? So, yeah. 
We have an outstanding police department in the town of Nolensville. And I'm very appreciative of the chief and all the officers who work there. So I was talking to Officer Hayes this morning, and I said, I asked him, I said, do they train you on how to knock on doors when you get ready to go and maybe serve a warrant or arrest somebody? And he said, well, not really, he says, but we just kind of go and we knock. You know, not overpowering. You know, ouch, that hurts. Not overpowering. Just knocking. We want to try to get their attention. We want to let them know we're here. Well, if they don't come to the door, I ask him. I don't know about you, but when I go to the door, I don't just knock one time. Guess they're not coming to the door. It's not how I knock. Knock until its door's open. A few weeks ago, I went to someone's home and I knocked. Checked my phone. No answer. Knocked again. Pretty soon, a man came to the hallway on the other side of the door, but he didn't open it. But I heard him say, what does he want? <laughs> I really didn't know I had that kind of impact on somebody's life or lack of impact. And he didn't open the door. Do you know what I did? No, I didn't do that. I picked up my cell phone. And I called him. He didn't answer. I called him again. And he finally answered. I guess he figured out finally, finally I wasn't going to go away. Keep knocking. That's what Jesus said. And when we knock, God answers the door. Keep asking and keep knocking. It may not be in our timing. If it's not, you know what we're supposed to do? Keep knocking. There's a beautiful verse found in Revelation 3.20 in the King James that speaks about how Jesus pursues us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus is the one who's knocking and we have to decide if we're going to open the door. And when we do, it's a step of faith. Your life will change when you open the door. It's an invitation for him to come in and do life with you. And thank God he continues to knock even after we may not open the door the first time. He keeps knocking. He's persistent. He's patient. 
He's personal. With Jesus, relationship goes both ways. We invite him in, and you know what he does? He, in turn, invites us to knock so that he can open the door to the Father. So how long should we ask, seek, knock? Tony Evans says, until you get the answer. That's how long. Jesus goes on. He's another scripture found in Luke 11. Disciples that ask him teach us how to pray. As part of the answer, he shares an unusual parable with them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but here's what he said. And Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. You go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him the bread because of friendship, yet because... Of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. You get the picture? It's midnight. This man's in bed. His kids are in bed. Suggesting they have been laboring all day long. Hard to fall asleep, maybe. Hard to get the kids in bed. He doesn't want to get up. And yet, because of the friend's persistence, he arose and gave him what he needed. Knocking reminds us to persist. Look at what... Matthew chapter 7, verse 8. Go back to that. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. And the next verses, he uses another illustration in relationship between a child and his father. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil... Hey, you know who he's talking to? Us. We're evil. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It's powerful. He's using this illustration to compare how wonderful our Heavenly Father is. Many times we don't even know what to ask for or how to ask. But you can be reassured of this. The Bible shows us that God, when we don't know how to ask or what to ask for, if we would go to him and just knock. The Bible says that Jesus speaks to the Father on our behalf. Romans 8, 34 says, He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 1 John 2, 1 says that Jesus is an advocate with the Father. Hebrews 7.25 says, We learn that Jesus always lives to intercede for us. We can just ask knowing that, the God, that God is going to hear our fair, prayer. Joseph Scriven had it right when he wrote the words to the O hymn, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Let me close with a 
story I read by another pastor. Grandfather was playing a game with his little granddaughter. He said, honey, I, I, I've got a quarter in one of my hands, and, and if you can find it, you can have it. He said, she said, well, show it to me. And he said, no, you have to find it. So he held out one hand, and he made her peel open each one of his fingers. She carefully begins to pull them open to see if she could find the quarter. He opens up that hand, and there's no quarter. He made her peel open uh, uh, the other hand. He's holding it as tight as he can. She begins to peel open those fingers one by one, one by one, and there in between the index finger and his thumb was the quarter. He gave it to her. Why did he do that? Why did he make her do all that work? He was going to give her the quarter. Why did he make her go to all that effort to find it? Well, maybe he wanted her to appreciate it more when she finally got it. Or maybe he wanted to see if she trusted him enough to listen to all of his directions. But when you stop and think of it, really neither of those was the answer. The real answer was this. He held the quarter tightly in his hands, and he made her open every one of his fingers because he wanted his granddaughter to keep on holding his hand. I don't know all the reasons God answers our prayers the way he does. You've heard it before. He answered it in three ways. Yes, no, wait. I don't know why he answers some prayers. Immediately with yes, some prayers immediately with no, or delayed yes, or delayed no. Or why sometimes he says wait, but this I do know. He loves us too much not to answer in our, prayer, our prayers in a way that he helps us. Maybe it's to teach us something during the in-between time when we first ask and when he answers. Maybe it's so we appreciate the answer when it finally comes. Maybe so that we'll learn how to trust him. But in the meantime, what he really wants us to do is to keep on holding his hand. So let me ask you this today. What is your it? What is the it that you're asking, seeking, and knocking for today? It hasn't come yet. Keep on holding tightly to the hand of God and trusting Him 
He's got the best in mind for you. He wants to bless you for what is good for you. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? And Father, I know that there are some people here that have some it's. I pray they've identified them. Maybe they've been asking and seeking and knocking for a long time. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be able to work in their lives and give them confidence and patience and hope to keep on trusting you if there's an in-between time. Father, maybe there's someone here that they've done the first part, they've done the asking, but they failed to seek you, that there's something missing to where they're just not, they just have just started asking, and for some reason they just have just stopped. They just quit asking because they didn't get the answer. Father, I pray that today there'll be a renewed sense of asking, but they'll take the next step of seeking. They won't stop there, but they'll keep on seeking and knocking until that answer comes. Father, I'm pretty sure there's some people here today that fall into that category. I pray the Holy Spirit would just speak to them. Encourage them. God, you know what you're doing. I'm going to keep on trusting you. I don't have to go through this by myself. I've got the Holy Spirit to keep on encouraging me. And I'm going to just keep on asking and seeking and knocking until it comes. Maybe you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, the order to have the privilege of asking and seeking and knocking, it starts with having a relationship with Him. Maybe you've never had that. You know what? We would love to walk with you and share with you. If you don't know how to have that relationship, that's what we're here for is to help you discover how much God loves you and that He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins so that you could have that relationship with him oh please don't pass the opportunity up if you're not here if you're here and you're not a believer and you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something please just come and and, and talk with me and, and, and we'll follow up with you just to share what Jesus can do in your life. Would you please stand as we sing? And if God's leading you to make a decision for Him, do it today and do it quickly. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Jesus, oh, pray.
grateful for that blood that gives us the privilege of coming before you through the authority of Jesus Christ the blood that he shed on a cross of Calvary that allows us to ask seek knock and to have a beautiful relationship with you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe see the please. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Wonderful message this morning. Uh, I want to remind you just about a couple of things. One, uh, this coming Friday is Friday Friends. And uh, ladies, if you have not been a part of this in the past, um, you're missing out. This is a really great opportunity connect, to connect. And uh, they meet at 11 o'clock. And, uh, and these, this, this group is just... Uh, always amazes me um, it's one of those groups they don't make a lot of noise but man they're, they're mighty and uh, there's a lot that goes on within that group that uh, uh, is the hands and feet of Jesus so I encourage you to be a part of that and then again a week from today Eric mentioned it but I just want to remind you discover Sunset Hills um, it's going to be a meet and greet um, in case you don't understand what this is it is if you've been here for this is your first Sunday or you've been here for four months and um, you just want to feel like you're uh, plugging in just in a deeper way, this is going to give you an opportunity to do that. Um, you're going to have a chance to meet some of our leaders. Uh, we're going to provide lunch for you. And uh, just a, a, an opportunity to see what those next steps look like um, as you begin to make Sunset Hills your church family. Uh, we would love to know how much food to provide, so if you will sign up out in the foyer, um, Eric's already out there, and uh, he'd love to shake your hand and sign you up for Discover Sunset Hills. I want to encourage you to take a moment, um, one of the things we do every year, to try to win children, boys and girls, to the Lord is Vacation Bible School. It's absolutely one of the best methods to try to reach children. But you know what? We can't do that with just a handful of people. We need volunteers to sign up and, and help us in Vacation Bible School. You're not helping us. What you're doing is helping grow the kingdom of God. And we have a responsibility as a church to try to reach the children of our community. Let me say that again. We have a responsibility as Sunset Hills Baptist Church. We're here in this community, and God has given us a mandate to try to reach our community for Jesus Christ. And the best way to do that is try to reach the children first. Amen? Amen. Okay, great. Amen. All you are going to volunteer for Vacation Bible School. Okay. Actually, we don't need that many, but we need several. Courtney's going to be out in the foyer out there, and uh, she's got uh, different ways that you can serve. You don't all have to teach. You don't all have to do uh, games and recreation. They don't want me doing games and recreation because I can't play basketball. I can't dunk seven foot. But, so, but we've got folks that can. So if you've got some talent and some skill and some time, hey, come and help us out, all right? Would you please stand? Well, actually, all you who like sweet tea, you stay standing. And if you drink hot tea, have a seat. We're gonna, I'm going to preach to you again. <laughs> have a great afternoon, folks. We'll see you next week. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. 
You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.